0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Finishing up our series on a renewed year in Jesus, we now turn to the single most important thing we can do to have an effective and fruitful year in Jesus, spending more and more and even more time in the Word of God, our Bible. Matthew 4 verse 4 says, Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let's open our Bible now that we might better learn how to feed our spirit and soul in the scriptures, the living word of God. Well, good afternoon and, uh, welcome to another teaching and, uh, hopefully you're just rocking in this new year, just plugging along, spending time with Jesus, growing in Jesus and, uh, and hopefully this is starting to get a little more exciting to you. Um, growing in our relationship with Jesus, frankly, can often be a, an arduous task. It can be, you know, it could be a lot of discipline sometimes with, with seemingly not a lot of joy. But if we if we just step back for a minute and consider this, that is really the case with all relationships, right? All meaningful relationships take work and they take effort. Um, and certainly it's the same in our relationship with Jesus. So, you know, the more time we spend with Jesus, which is to say the more time we spend in, in earnest prayer, as we talked about in uh, part one of the last teaching, um, the more time we spend in praise and thanksgiving, the more time we spend just bringing Jesus into things, um, the more time we spend seeking first his kingdom, right, in right relationship and right living with him. You know, the more we're going to experience him, the more we'll see him, as we talked about last time. Uh, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God, which is to say, um, we'll see him moving in our lives, not with our physical eyes, but we'll experience his presence. And with that, this whole deal, right? This whole God deal, walking with Jesus, living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, forgiving for Jesus, becomes something so much greater infinitely greater than religion religion becomes almost dirty in comparison to the intimacy and relationship we can have with jesus christ if that makes sense so um, this should be the last teaching um, uh, of of this new series uh the new year series uh, a renewed year in jesus um it's been good it's exciting again it was another very good recommendation from my son-in-law nathan so Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness, your favor, your wonder, your grace, your love. Father, we thank you that that you've loved us and saved us. Father, above all things, as always, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on the cross that we should have died, and we thank you that you're alive and risen. We do worship you today, our risen Savior. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. As always, we ask for eyes to see, eyes to see Jesus, ears to hear, and hearts that we would understand in Jesus' name amen and amen all right thank you Lord Jesus okay so last time again we talked about how are we gonna do this how are we gonna accomplish 2024 being the most focused intentional effective fruitful year of our lives in Jesus and last time we talked about again seeking first his kingdom inviting Jesus into everything uh, submitting to Jesus resisting the devil right um, we talked about spending earnest times each day in prayer, waking up and beginning your day on your knees before Jesus. Again, we said it could be for a minute in the morning and a minute at night, but get on your knees, you know, once, twice a day or more. Um, but it's a good habit. I have had the habit for, for years now of when I get up in the morning, again, within the first, whatever, 10, 15 minutes I'm awake, I just, I fall to my knees right by my bed and, and pray for you know, a minute or two or whatever it is. Right. And then before I go to bed, I, I commit my whole spirit, soul and body into the hands of my Lord and Savior. Uh, I learned that from Charles Spurgeon in his morning and evening devotional. It's worth getting uh, as is the chambers Upmost for his highest. These are incredible devotionals. OK, whatever other devotionals there may be, and I'm sure there's countless. If, if, if you read Oswald Chambers, my Upmost for his highest and Charles Spurgeon, Morning and Evening, those are the name of the two devotionals, um, you would be better off, a lot better off, in your walk with Jesus. They're they're so profound. Uh, the insights are overwhelming. And they're tremendous tools given to the body of Christ. Um, matter of fact, it's making me want to get back in them. So, um, yes, I learned from Charles Spurgeon where he, he could... He could not understand how any reasonable person could go to sleep at night where you're unconscious and you don't have control, you know, over, you know, your decisions. You're basically, you know, at the mercy of the enemy, how you could just in such a cavalier way, go to sleep without earnestly committing your whole spirit and soul into the hands of of jesus before you sleep so you know when i read that some whatever it was 15 or 20 years ago i was you know still i look at it and i want to say you know you know charles you're a different kind of man than i am right i i do tend to go to sleep um in a somewhat cavalier manner without earnestly committing my whole spirit soul and body but i was convicted by that and i have been doing that um And so, you know, this again, these devotionals are tremendous and that's where I learned that. So, all right. So let's look at uh, Hebrews 12 verses one to three. Hebrews 12 1 to three says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So again, take that scripture again, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, and meditate on that, right? We've had, you know, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, these are the great men and women of God who've walked with Jesus and spent their lives growing in their walk with Jesus. And now they're at home with Jesus. They've, they've died. They're alive and well, fully conscious with Jesus. And, you know, and you know we see how they've lived their lives and that that ought to be an encouragement to us we ought to be to, to desire to to do like they did right they went through difficult times right therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses what do we do since we've had such an encouragement from the men and women of god that went before us let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles in 2024 again All of us ought to examine ourselves and say, you know, what is it that's hindering our walk? There's things that may hinder your walk that are not sin. You know, there's nothing sinful about watching a Netflix show in itself, but maybe watching, you know, um, 10 series, right? Over, Over a span of two weeks, probably hindering your walk with Jesus, right? Five, six, seven hours a day of TV, probably hindering your walk with Jesus. When I say TV, I say, you know you know, watching, you know, movies or stuff on the internet, right? Uh, You know, if you're a big gamer, you know, you're playing five, six, seven hours a day games, probably hindering your walk with Jesus. Not sin necessarily, right? But let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, okay? So let's look at our lives and just what areas of your life right now would you say are hindering your walk with Jesus, right? Hindering your devotion, hindering making 2024 the most fruitful and productive year in your life. And you know, in what sin, right, do you do you see in your life? Perhaps you're a little loose in your language, right? Um, you know, perhaps you you exaggerate or embellish or lie, right? Um, you know, you know, perhaps it's it's in your thoughts, right? I can, you know, again, I can get irritable and frustrated and agitated and I try to do a good job although often I fail. But You know, sometimes I'll just roll it around in my mind a little bit too long, right? My irritability, my impatience, my frustration. Let us throw off that sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And that's what we want to do in this new year, right? Run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. There it is. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. The beginning, the end, the alpha, and the omega. Jesus is our all in all. I didn't write it. Hebrews 12 to let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Bang. Always looking at Jesus. Jesus. You notice it didn't say God. I can't say this enough. And if you get this point, this will be worth the price of admission. You don't have relationship with what something is. You have relationship with who Someone is. What God is is God, okay. But who He is in Jesus is our heavenly Father. Jesus is our Lord and Savior and Master and King and and Husband. We're the body of Christ, the the Bride of Christ. And God, the Holy Spirit, is our guide, our counselor, and our comforter. And in Jesus we have relationship with each member of our triune God. The goal of the Christian life is to grow in relationship with our heavenly father in and through Jesus, to grow in our relationship with Jesus and to grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. But all of this comes by fixing our eyes on Jesus. You don't learn about Jesus by focusing on God. You learn about God by focusing on Jesus. You don't learn about Jesus from focusing on your Heavenly Father. You learn about your Heavenly Father by focusing on Jesus. Why am I saying this? The single most important thing you're going to do, okay, in 2024 is to have Jesus on your mind. And on your tongue more and more and more and more. That's the single most important thing you can do to grow in your walk with Jesus, to grow in your walk with your heavenly father, to grow in your walk with the the Holy Spirit, to grow in your walk with God. Okay, that I've said this before. You know, if, if you listen to the average sermon, you'll hear the word God, 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 God. It's a near meaningless word. Every religion has the word God. Okay, we certainly have one God one being. That's what he is. You don't have relationship with what something is. So yes, what am I saying? Your relationship is not with God. That's what he is. Your relationship is with who he is. God, the father is your heavenly father. That's why we have these relational terms given to us in the Trinity, right? God, the son, Jesus is your Lord and savior and master and king, as we talked about. God, the Holy Spirit is your guide, your counselor, your comforter. And again, in Jesus, you have relationship with each of them. And again, the goal of our lives is to grow in that relationship. And that will only happen as we fix our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, verse 2, the author and perfecter of our faith. So again, you, you don't look to God. When you look to Jesus, you get all God thrown in, Right. Again, our God is one being. There's no, no, there's no doubt of that, okay? But, you know, three separate, distinct, individual persons. You look to Jesus to grow in your relationship with each member of the triune God. I cannot stress that enough. So what are you going to do? You're going to replace, wherever you want to use the word God in your life or in your sermons, 80% of the time, take it out and put the name Jesus, Okay. And it will be more effective for you. It will certainly be more effective for your hearers. The less your hearers hear God and the more they hear Jesus, the better off they'll be. Obviously, we need to explain as I've done at nauseum here, you know, what God is. All right. That's what he is, right? His being, right? One being, he's God, but who he is, right? And with that understanding, All growth comes from fixing our eyes on Jesus. You remember in John 14, where Philip said, you know, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus looked at Philip and said, have you been with me so long, Philip, and you don't know me? Don't you know when you've seen me? You've seen the Father. That's interesting. He didn't say when you've seen the Father, you've seen me. So again, we look to Jesus, and when you when you see Jesus on the pages of your Bible, when you see everything he says, everything he does, you're seeing the Father, okay? That's uh, because he did exactly what the Father told him to do and told him to say. It's profound, right? Okay, got off a little bit there. All right. Verse 3 in Hebrews 12, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him. Consider who? Jesus. Okay? Jesus. Every religion has the word God. There's no power in the word God. There's immense power and authority. That's why we're told to pray in the name of Jesus Based on what Jesus has done, based on the merits and righteousness of Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. We don't pray in my own name. We don't pray in the name of God. We don't pray in the name of the Father. We don't pray in the name of the Holy Spirit. But you are told to pray in the name of Jesus. I can't say it enough. All right. We're rolling here. Okay. All right. So. We're going to pray this year, okay? You're going to get down on your knees. You're going to pray. Remember, if you're going to pray 20 minutes in a day, it'd be better to pray 20 times for a minute than one time for 20 minutes. Now listen, knock it out. Pray 20 minutes in the morning when you get up. Pray 20 minutes in the afternoon. But go to Jesus, you know, 5, 10, 20 times during the day and feel free to talk to him. It doesn't always have to be a long conversation. Prayer can be for 30 seconds or a minute. And it's good just to connect with your Heavenly Father, with Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit throughout each day. Again, pray to any member of the Trinity. They're all God, right? Three distinct individual persons. They don't get jealous, I promise, okay? You can't talk to Jesus too much. And the Father says, you know, you should be talking to me more, okay? Again, I have seasons where I pray to the Father more, when I pray to Jesus more, um, and to the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I should be talking to the Holy Spirit more, all right? The thing that's going to accomplish this more than anything is spending time in our Bible. Spending time in the word of God will help us more than anything we do to have a fruitful and productive and effective walk with Jesus in 2024. More than anything we do. All right. Look at the gospel of John. Chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who's this talking about? Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. This is the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. This is how John is describing Jesus. Okay? So sit back. I'm telling you to spend more time reading and studying your Bible and the Scriptures. Okay? Obviously listening to good sound verse by verse. Bible teachings, which is what we're trying to give you here at Kingdom Discipleship, that's that's very good as well, okay? But you want to spend time in your Bible personally as well as listening to these teachings, okay? John 1, the Gospel of John 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word. Jesus is actually called the Word here, okay? Jesus is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, so again, in the beginning of the word was the word, and the word was with God. The word Jesus was with God the Father, is what that means. But it says, in the word was God. He himself, Jesus, is God, God the Son. Okay? Again, that's a profound verse. There are volumes written on it. Okay. Jesus is the word. As you're spending time in the word of God, you're spending time with Jesus. And spending time with Jesus is the meaning of life. Okay as I've pounded over and over. All right, the scriptures are actually food for our soul. They feed our spirit and soul. When you're reading the scriptures, when you're studying the scriptures, when you're listening to the scriptures being properly taught, it's food for your soul, okay? We've talked about the verse over and over. Matthew four, verse four. Matthew four, verse four. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god all right let me read it again okay when jesus says man he means humanity man and woman jesus answered it is written okay the bible actually says this man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god so number one we look at the fact that jesus himself believed the scriptures were the word of god even though him he himself is the word of god right Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. We cannot live and thrive on physical food alone. That's what he's saying. Man or woman, humanity, we don't live on physical sustenance alone. Man doesn't live on bread alone, physical food, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, if we're going to have life, if we're going to be effective, okay, as Christians, fruitful and productive and have a growing and vibrant relationship with Jesus, it cannot happen. If we don't spend more time in our Bible, that will be the biggest catalyst. It's food for our soul, food for our spirit. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So let's be spending more time feeding our soul, feeding our spirit in the scriptures. OK, again, I've said this before. You know, if when you when you when you take a meal, right, if you go to have breakfast, you know, have to have your breakfast with a few scriptures as well. If you go to have lunch, so you know what? I'm going to grab a chapter of my Bible and I'm going to feed my soul a chapter with lunch. If you're going to have dinner, imagine if every time you fed your physical body, you fed your spiritual body. I mean, Jesus could come back. This whole thing could be done, right? We'd all like get growed up in Jesus quick. Amen. Talking about the scriptures, look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God breathed every every word in your bible has the breath of our heavenly father all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work again the man or god man or woman of god okay may be thoroughly equipped for every good work if you want to be equipped to work and walk with jesus this year and have a more productive walk with jesus you have to spend time in the scriptures. And when you're reading the scriptures, okay, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. So when you're reading it, what is it teaching you? What are you learning? Rebuking. When you read the, the scriptures and you, and you see that your life is not in line with the mirror, James calls the scriptures a mirror. When you look into them, if you see something that's out of place, like when you look in the mirror, right, and you see your hair is all messed up, your face is blotchy, your teeth aren't brushed right? Your clothes are wrinkled, right? Uh, You make the adjustments. That's the purpose of the mirror. The mirror wasn't given to you to admire yourself, right? The mirror was given to you to fix what's out of place. The word of God is a mirror. So when you look into the the word of God and it reflects what's out of place, it's rebuking you. What do you do? All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, Okay, so when you see it, the scripture rebukes you, it corrects you, you put it in order, put it in order, and training in righteousness. The scriptures, when you read it, you apply it to your life, it trains you to do what's right. Training in righteousness, training to increasingly think about what's right in every situation so I can do what's right simply because it's right. You and I need to be trained in righteousness. I certainly need to be trained in righteousness. The problem is most of us are trained in everything else but righteousness. You know, we got a lot of training in foolishness, a lot of training in ignorance, right? Um, But we need more training in righteousness. That'll only happen as we spend time in the Word of God. Bow. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active. Wow, this word, this Bible is alive. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. See, the more you spend time in the word of God, the more you'll know your own heart, you know your your own attitude, and you'll correct yourself, you'll bring yourself under judgment. You'll make a judgment that says, you know what? My life is not right here. My thinking is not correct, right? My desires are out of place and I want to get right. I want to walk more intimately with Jesus. I want this thing to to be more real. That's going to come from spending time in the word of God. Hebrews 4, 12, 4, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God is a mirror again that will reveal our heart to us. It'll open our heart. It has the power to do that. It's sharper than any sword to cut away it doesn't belong, right? Mmm. Mmm. Whew, that's good stuff. I'm getting excited. All right. First Peter 2, 1 to 3. We gotta wrap up here. First Peter 2 verses 1 to 3. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy. And slander of every kind. That'd be a good idea, right? For 2024. Rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Wow. The scriptures are pure spiritual milk. Okay. Let's get rid of all these ridiculous things. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, right? There's far too much of that in the church, right? Um, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. That's what we want to do, right? We want to grow up in Jesus. You want to grow up in Jesus? I want to grow up in Jesus. Well, let's, let's crave the pure spiritual milk, the untainted milk of the word of God. That's exciting. Wow. All right. And uh, finally, we'll end here with Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. And again, we're going to do another teaching on this psalm because it's just, it's off the chain. It's real. All right. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Wow. You want that to be you, right? Look at this guy. Blessed is the man who one doesn't walk in the counsel. The wicked stand in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of mockers. Well, you know, walking, sitting, standing. We're always doing one of those, right? He's not around foolishness, right? And how does he accomplish that? How does she accomplish that? Verse 2. Psalm 1 verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord is the word of God. His delight, her delight is in their Bible, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the living word of God is in the scriptures. And on his law, he meditates day and night, night and day. This dude is in the Bible night and day. This man is in the scriptures and it says, blessed is the man, right? Night and day. He's feeding his spirit and soul in the word of God. And what's the result? Verse three. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. He's not dry. He's just full, right? He's just overflowing, right? Instead of a tree planted in the desert, right? It doesn't get any water, any nourishment. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Do you want to? Do you want to yield your fruit? Do you want to be fruitful for Jesus this year, night and day? In that Bible, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, right? Sometimes we get tired, we get worn out, like you look at a green, vibrant leaf on a tree, it's exciting. You look at a, you know, in the fall time, you look at leaves blowing around, they're brown, dead, crumbling, you know, they're not good for anything except, you know, blowing away, you know, or rolling around in, right? But you look at a a, a green leaf and it's, it's flourishing, right? He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. Man and woman of God today, Christian, disciple of Jesus, whatever he does prospers. If you want to prosper this year, okay, the only way to do it is by spending more time in the scriptures, spending more time yourself in reading your Bible, okay? I know that that there are people, those who tell me, some who say, you listen to all these teachings, that's wonderful, okay? Keep doing that. Right? You want to keep listening to the Bible being taught verse by verse. Okay. Um, but at the same time, again, nothing's gonna replace the fact of you spending more time in the scriptures. Start little by little. If you don't have any time in the scriptures, start reading a chapter a day. And then when you can get to it, get to two chapters a day. Make a plan, be disciplined, but spend time in your Bible. Spend more time in your Bible. And, and, and that will be the key of your transformation. The key to your life, the key to growing to be more like Jesus is having your mind renewed in the scriptures. Romans 12, one and two. Therefore, I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this Bible. We thank you, Father, that our mind can be renewed in these scriptures, that our mind is renewed, that we will be transformed, Father, as we spend more time reading your word, reading our Bible, studying our Bible, meditating on our Bible, memorizing our Bible, and above all, obeying our Bible. Lord Jesus, we worship you, we praise you, and we thank you. Our goal is to love you and to please you this year, that in 2024, we would be more pleasing to you in all that we do. Holy Spirit, in all things, we ask you to lead us and guide us and to point us to Jesus. We would see Jesus. We commit this time into your hands, Father, now. We thank you for it. Seal it to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.